Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Powers. I'm very excited for today's guest as he has spent the last 20 years helping home improvement companies generate leads through direct mail. He is currently the owner of JumboPostcard.com. I'd like to welcome to the show, J.R. Sedlak. Hello, JR. Hey, Kyle. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Hey, really excited to have you on the Lead Gen Leaders podcast today uh, to talk about something that has been tried and true you know, for a long time and I think is still just as relevant now as it's ever been, uh, and that's direct mail. Uh, but before we get into talking about uh, direct mail, could you maybe give the listeners a little background of who you are and where you're coming from? Uh, yeah, um, about it's almost 20 years ago now, uh, jumbopostcard.com was started as the short-run digital direct mail arm of a larger print brokerage called Colony Press. Uh, and as uh, newspaper inserts and the like declined and direct mail increased, uh, Colony Press is no more and Jumbo Postcard is what's left. And we still specialize in short-run direct mail for the home improvement industry. Awesome. And, and you were telling me a little bit before on our pre-call that, that Colony Press had started uh, back in the 50s, uh, supplying home improvement, um, you know, printing uh, that your, your father started, right? And it kind of trickled down and, and you took over Jumbo Postcard then uh, a uh, while ago. Yeah, his, his partner started it. Uh, he joined in the late 70s. Uh, he bought the business in the 90s uh, when it was up for sale and brought me on in 2002 to handle the direct mail arm as a new branch of the business. Um, since they were brokering a lot of direct mail, thought it'd be better to bring it in-house to make a little more profit center for Colony Press. Sure, absolutely. Um, and so you have a, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to, uh, you know, short run, you know, direct mail. Uh, and you guys really specialize in the home services, home improvement space, correct? Yes. Uh, probably 95% of our customer base is in home improvement. Awesome. Well, that's great. I uh, can't wait to hear your insight on it. So I, I guess really to get started, if you, if you could share maybe some, you know, best practices, you know, ways if, if maybe a company is looking to possibly get started with direct mail, or even if a company is kind of doing it, you know, how to make it, you know, more efficient and give them a better return on their investment. Uh, yeah, um, probably the most important thing at least in my business for Jumbo Postcard, since we handle short run, um, would be to take advantage of what short run direct mail can do as opposed to uh, the companies that mail, say nationwide or multi-state mailers. Uh, we produce most of our direct mailers digitally in-house. Um, 
which allows us to customize mail for every market, every company, and down to even the neighborhood that we're mailing into. Okay, so um, starting out with uh, a great way to, to customize to, to really tailor it into you know a specific neighborhood. Yeah, that's our number one mailer that we produce is uh, targeted radius mailers, usually around a job site or into a neighborhood that one of our customers feels would be ripe for whatever they're selling, windows, siding, roofing. And so, yeah, you had mentioned right there uh, the targeted radius job site mailer. And when I first got into the home improvement uh, business uh, a little over 10 years ago now, um, that was kind of the first direct mail that I was, um, you know, introduced to uh, as being a marketing manager was that uh, radius mailer around a job. I know a lot uh, at Tony Hody uh, Training and Consulting, you know, we talk about canvassing around the local job. Uh, always produces the best results. And I would say that's the same for, uh, you know, that direct mail piece that's going out that, you know, hey, we're, we're working in your neighborhood. You know, a lot of people see the work happening and it's just kind of like uh, it almost makes that mailer a little warm as opposed to being just a cold mailer going out to, to somewhere. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyone we deal with in the neighborhood radius mailing, uh, we always encourage them to canvas. Uh, we encourage them to consider our, most of our products revolve around the jumbo postcard, <laughs> which kind of makes sense. Uh, but we consider it one of, it's, it's either works in conjunction before canvassing or even after canvassing. Uh, our most successful customers uh, repeat the mailing. Uh, we We have, one customer who, well, not one, but one who's been doing uh, what we call before, after, and remind. Um, they'll mail out as soon as they sell a job. Uh, they'll mail out after after it's installed or while it's being installed. And then a, a few weeks later, they'll often do a reminder, uh, often with the same offer on all three cards. And they personalize it to the neighborhood. So they'll often mention the job site or even put a picture of the job site on the card. Awesome. And you had mentioned there a, a multi-step drop uh, where they're, they're sending out three to the same neighborhood, essentially yeah. three mailings to the same houses. And yes. so uh, for someone looking to really get into direct mail and, uh, and do it well, uh, if they maybe had the budget, let's say, to, you know, to mail 5,000 homes total, uh, in a you know in any given time, you know, would you recommend uh, trying to budget to where maybe they're not mailing five thousand homes, but maybe you know mailing you know two thousand homes a couple times, uh, or uh, just uh, the overall just one mailing? Well, if they have the job sites to support it, I would. If you had if your if your budget is five thousand units mailed out, uh, I would almost suggest that the best practice would be to pick five, 10 areas and target as few as 200 into each of those areas and spread it out. You could do a three cards over six weeks and have much more impact than just mailing out 5,000 to one zip code. Awesome. So yeah, talking about, uh, 
taking, you know, maybe five different job sites, picking 200 homes and mailing them, you know, a few times uh, as opposed to just one mailer. And, and that's definitely what I heard, uh, you know, yeah. also when I've seen in the industry that has worked best. But uh, I just wanted to make sure that's what you're seeing in it. And it surely is. So that's some great info right there. Uh, so for the listeners, definitely always look at doing a multi-step drop. And it, if you're tying it, like you said, uh, some of the best practices that some of your clients have, JR, is that they not only mail them multiple times, but then they're also going out and, and knocking, uh, whether that's uh, during or quickly thereafter of the job being uh, installed. Um, so that's, that's great stuff. Um, and so if someone was going to look at a neighborhood, obviously, uh, as we're talking about job site mailers, th the best neighborhood to do a job in is one that you just did a job in. Uh, but what if they were maybe looking at expanding their territory or getting into some new areas? Uh, what are your thoughts on the type of demographics that you're trying to look at? Or how do you, I guess, get the biggest bang for your dollar off your, you know, your initial start in an area? Uh, yeah, especially with new companies or, like you said, company trying to spread out out of a, out of their home base or maybe even just saturate a little bit their home base. Um, we'll often do, uh, whereas the radius mail, we try to target every home in a neighborhood. Uh, we're going to choose just a zip code or even a, an area that they want to saturate a little bit more. We might choose homeowners uh, typically over the age of 50 um, with a reliable source of income so we can narrow down, you know, when you're talking, trying to get the most bang for your buck, you want to make sure you're hitting, you know, if you only have a limited budget to hit these homes so many times, you should probably get qualified customers. Um, Another one, especially in home improvement, involves the age of the home, uh, home values. All of those things can be added to even short-run direct mail. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, so you don't even have to necessarily just pick a specific area. You can pick that specific area, but then even get specific within that area. Um, so you're maybe not uh, spending money on mailing a rental property uh, or uh, some people that may not fit in the you know demographics that you're looking for. Yeah, you might you might want to avoid at least the list. I mean, not no list is 100% clean, but you can avoid rentals, you can avoid some vacancies, and even people maybe on fixed income. Awesome. So that's that's really good to know that you can uh, dial in. And, and is that something that uh, you guys can help the customer figure that out? Yeah, well, uh, regardless of who they use for their direct mail campaign, they should make sure that um, the person that they're dealing with or company that they're dealing with can work with them on an individual basis for targeting. Um, you know, a lot of mailers have minimums where they require 5,000 or in order to get certain pricing, they have to saturate entire carrier routes and stuff. And then they're stuck with apartments or homeowners that don't fit their best customer. Um, so they should really make sure that whoever they're dealing with is familiar with their industry. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a really great point there. Um, and so with that, is there, uh, you know, someone looking to get started? Okay, so they they've 
you know, you've helped them narrow down the neighborhood, you know, they have their budget, they know what they want to mail, uh, multi-step drop. Uh, what are some mm-hmm. best practices when it comes to, you know, designing uh, what that mailer should look like? Is there, you know, offers that you see that work better than others or, or looks? What's the, the message that they're trying to get out there? Um, yeah, I don't, I can't say there's a magic offer that's going to generate the most leads. Um, but I can say that, uh, fortunately with this type of mailing, uh, like a postcard mailing, the postcard arrives in the mailbox, what we call naked, which means, uh, you got that six second window to show them something. Um, so what we want to make sure is that you get their attention. Uh, which is why we use all full color. Um, We always make sure that their logo or their name is prominent because even if you're not going to secure a lead right there, you may get in their subconscious somewhere and they come across that Facebook ad or YouTube ad or wherever else you're advertising. You know, you got to get so many touches in there. And, uh, you know, we get that offer prominent whatever the offer is the other thing when you're mailing and on a budget where you're not mailing 50,000 pieces uh, we try to personalize it to the audience as best we can Uh, whether it's mentioning the town they're in the neighborhood they're in or the street they're on uh, we try to get something to grab their attention before that piece of mail winds up in the recycle bin. <laughs> right. Which, which so many do, but I, I think you kind of have it down. I mean, uh, I mean, just the name alone, Jumbo Postcard, you know, is uh, to the listener, it's, it's much larger than a, a postcard. What is the size of the, the Jumbo Postcard that you send out? Uh, our standard, you know, we typically start at a six by nine, um, but they go all the way up to a 12 by 15. And so you can really stand out from the rest of the stuff going in the mailbox, first of all, which usually uh, gets, you know, a look uh, from the homeowner. Um, so you're, you're using a bigger than normal piece of mail that's coming across to them. Uh, you had mentioned full color, uh, which obviously grabs, you know, a lot of people's attention. Uh, you, you mentioned that it, it comes naked in the mailbox, which means it's not covered by anything. There's no envelope to take it out of. Correct. So they, right. I mean, as soon as they pull it out, they see what's on there. Um, and then crafting whatever your offer might be and tying it in best to that, uh, you know, potential consumer, uh, that you're sending it to are all things to, to get right, to, to make it happen. Yeah. That basically wraps up <laughs> everything that it takes to make a effective mail piece. Awesome. Uh, what are, uh, you know, some other things that you might, um, you know, want to share, you know, with the listener that, that maybe has never explored, you know, direct mail before, or maybe hasn't done it in a long time. Uh, because I know right now, especially a lot, you know, with the pandemic, uh, depending on what state you're in, you know, depends on, you know, how open or closed your state may be. Um, but, you know, we have, yeah. you know, the holidays coming up, uh, we have home show season, uh, you know, coming up at the beginning of the year and that first, you know, first quarter and a second quarter. And a lot of those events, uh, you know, are not going to happen. And so uh, a lot of the clients that I work with, they're looking for additional ways to, to spend that budget. 
Uh, and if that was going to be direct mail, you know, what's something that you might, you know, say to them, Hey, you know, to get started, you know, focus on this many pieces or, you know, what's some, you know, beginner information you might give them. Oh, uh, I'd say the number one thing is just don't wait. Um, developing a good direct mail piece takes time. And if you don't already have something designed, uh, if, if you, you want to move fast, uh, for instance, if you already have a piece ready to go, um, I tell my customers, you need to order two weeks before, before you want it in their mailbox. So if you think about having to go back and forth for up to a week on a design, and that's if your artist is quick, <laughs> uh, you, you know, you need to start thinking about, you know, you already need to start thinking about fall into winter offers right now, even though it's only late summer. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad I asked the question because that's, uh, you know, something that I see a lot, uh, in our industry is that, you know, when lead flow gets slow, they, they need it now. And so to, yeah. to pre-plan, I mean, I know already a month ago, um, a client that I've worked with, uh, was crafting up their holiday offer that was going to go on their direct mail piece, which was, you know, uh, buy, uh, windows, a house full of windows, you know, get a free entry door for the holidays. Uh, right. and, um, and so that was, you know, it was 90 degrees, I think, when they sent me uh, here in Wisconsin, uh, when they, you know, they sent me, hey, what do you think of this offer? And, you know, so to, to be proactive uh, and realize it's just not something that you can turn on overnight that you have to, you know, there's some planning, design and everything that goes into it. Um, you know, that's that's really great information to get across uh, to the listeners there. Um, so plan on, you know, from inception to someone calling you, JR, and saying, hey, we, we would like to, to move forward with some direct mail. How, you know, is that three weeks, four weeks, five weeks? What do you tend to see before something can mail out? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, once, once we have a piece ready to go, you, you're in the mail in, in average of two days. But oftentimes people want to get into direct mail and like you said, they're coming out of winter, let's say, and they want to get something going for the spring, get, get leads, start getting leads, you know, that you want to start working on that in, in January and February, not calling in spring break saying I need leads now. <laughs> right, right. So, so give yourself I would say, a little bit of time, yeah. Yeah, well, and the closer you get to, you know, like March, you're going to hit backlogs in the art department of up to two, three weeks when you start designing a piece in January, you might, you might get a design done in two days. Sure. Sure. So, so in those peak times to be proactive instead of waiting for those peak times to try to get something pushed through. Exactly. That's great there. Uh, what are, um, you know, a few kind of final things that, um, you know, a company want to make sure they have in line to really get the most out of a direct mail piece. Uh, I would just say, uh, know your, knowing your target is very important. Um, don't waste money on bad neighborhoods. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I've, I've had customers who, you know, they'll get a, they'll get a lead or a, even a couple of jobs out of one neighborhood and they'll stop and they'll go, well, I want to try over here. I want to try over there. And the mistake they made is they should have hit that neighborhood seven more times. <laughs> Sure. So, so, yeah, you kind of shared two things there, making sure you get the right neighborhood and then and spending extra time in a neighborhood 
you know, we always equate it to you, you want to try to to own an area. And if you're oh, yeah. a very small company starting out, uh, that might be a very small area that you can own. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Start close to home always. And, you know, the it's even prevalent today. Just societal people really want to work with local companies and they don't, you know, they love family owned, you know, all that, all those catch phrases. Right. So if you can make yourself part of the neighborhood, you're, you're, you're already on the right foot there. Absolutely. And, and when you tie in and you look at, uh, you know, an entire marketing plan of, of multiple things they, you know, a company can do to generate leads, uh, tying it in with direct mail, of like you said, a, a, a multiple step drop uh, where it's hitting the homes multiple times, especially if you can get out and canvas, you know, that area. Uh, it's just another touch you can have. But when you start looking at other things in those areas, uh, things that you can serve them up, you know, online ads, you know, Facebook yeah. ads targeting those areas, as well as, uh, you know, for some states and some areas, there are some events starting to happen again, things like farmers markets and things like that. And so the more you can, you know, tie into that community, you know, hey, they maybe didn't set with your person at the farmers market, but then, yeah. you know, they get, you know, three direct mail pieces that said, hey, we we just did the house four doors down from you and then a canvasser knocks on their door. Uh, I mean, the conversion, you know, rates uh, on that penetration just go up and up and up the more you can touch them, correct? Oh, yeah. I've, I've never heard anything but good results from multiple touches. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, JR, I, I thank you for the time today. And that brings us to the last section of the show uh, called Power's Powerful Points. Uh, what powerful point may you have for the listeners today? Uh, yeah, you, when you asked me to come up with something, uh, I really thought about it a lot. And one of the things that often people make the mistake of with direct mail or a lot of advertising is you are not trying to sell your product, um, your window, your roof, your siding with the postcard. You're trying to get a lead and set an appointment. So, um, Try to design your piece so it's not a brochure for your window. It is your a, a face of your company. You're just trying to get some recognition and let them know you're there and that you have something they want. Your salesman or you is going to go sit with them and sell that product, not the postcard. Absolutely. That is a fantastic, powerful point. Uh, we say it all the time with marketers, you know, as marketers, we don't care if a sale happens. Obviously, we really do because that's how the business gets any money is by a sale happening. But our job is to sell an appointment, not yeah. sell the product. And so that yeah, is a, a powerful point. One of the ways uh, we like to put it is think of the front of the cereal box, not the back. <laughs> right on, right on. I like that. Well, again, Jr., uh, thank you so much for your time here. Uh, if someone wanted to reach out to you and and look at possibly utilizing your service, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, the best way would just be uh, Jr. at jumbopostcard.com. All right, um, or they can visit or, your website, correct, at jumbopostcard.com. Yeah, or uh, you or Tony 
yes. I always have my information, and he's given me plenty of referrals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's because you continue to do a wonderful job uh, for our clients, so we really appreciate the hard work you put behind that. Uh, and so, yeah, for the listeners, go ahead. Uh, you can reach out to um, JR through his email there, uh, through jumbopostcard.com, or feel free to go to tonyhody.com. Uh, and reach out to us so we can get you in touch with him. Uh, so, again, I thank you so much for your time today. Uh, you have a wonderful evening. Well, thank you for having me. You too. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. For a free consultation on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T-O-N-Y. H-O-T-Y dot com. Thank you for listening.